Hi, my name is Levi. Welcome to our weekly Maison Mission program. This is episode number 11. Maison Mission is an inclusive faith community. The word Maison comes from a Greek word that means greater. The Maison Mission is about finding greater spaces for people to hear and experience the good news of Jesus. You can find out more about Maison Mission through the links in the description of this program. Will you join me in a short prayer? God, we thank you for the opportunity uh, to gather uh, in living rooms, in cars, in all the different spaces that we find ourselves in. And Father, we look forward to the day when we can gather together as, as your people, as people who are um, searching for you, wondering about you, uh, as we are on this journey of faith together. So God, be with us today. Uh, each word that is spoken, each song that is sung, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome, friends. Today, we're starting a new series called Again and Again. This series will center around the season of Lent in the church calendar, leading us all the way to Easter Sunday. The idea is that again and again we stumble, fail, and turn away from the truth of who we are and who God is, yet again and again God's grace meets us where we are and makes a way for us. This cosmic dance between us and God ebbs and flows and leads us closer to Him, even when we feel further away. During Lent, it is good for us to be reminded of our frailty and His faithfulness. Again and again, we see God making all things new. And so, as we begin this series, I want to start by telling you a story. Um, I was in my early 20s when I started getting serious about having a career in music. Um, after working for a few different recording studios as an assistant, I decided that I wanted to pursue a career in music production. I started buying my own microphones and recording equipment. Um, I started recording bands and artists on my own outside the professionally designed recording studios um, and instead at home in my little basement apartment. We had guitar amps in the bathroom, a singer in my bedroom, and drums in the living room. It was a mess. But it was also really fun and magical. It was also fresh and exciting. Every artist I worked with felt like we were making history together, capturing and documenting these moments in time where creativity was exploding in my post-college bachelor pad. Uh, I was living the dream. <laughs> um, I was also extremely driven. My life was consumed with the need to be successful. Um, those of you might remember or know that there is this incredible pressure as a young adult to have everything figured out by the age of 25. You know, you need to have a, a career and a life savings plan and a life partner, a house, and the beginnings of a family. And all of that needs to just be in perfect place. Uh, <laughs> you know, and working in an extremely competitive creative industry didn't help matters. Um, I was a music producer. In it to win it. I was consumed by my need to make it at all costs. Every setback, every unreturned call, every bad exchange and possible mistake was viewed as a threat to this thing that I needed to become. So one day I got a call from one of the studios that I had worked at asking if I could come back and assist on a session for another producer. 
I knew the room and, and felt like I would be a good fit for the session. I was also excited because this artist was pretty well known and the producer had an impressive album credit list. So my networking mind kicked in and I instantly knew that this would be a resume building job for me. Uh, unfortunately, on the very first day of the session, it was a disaster. I wasn't moving fast enough um, and the producer was not happy with my work that day. Uh, I wasn't anticipating his needs. Um, I hadn't been in the room for a while and so I just wasn't on my game. He sent me home early. When you blow it so bad that the producer sends you home, that's pretty bad. The next day I showed up and the producer was surprised to see me, but he just glanced at me and he said, I don't want to need to talk to you today. Which is code for, you better be on top of things or you're out of here. I didn't get sent home again, but I worked my butt off that week. It was the hardest I had ever worked in a session before. It didn't seem that I was ever going to win over the producer until the very end of the session. The artist had gone and I was cleaning up the studio and helping uh, him pack up his things and transfer all the work he had done to his computer. So at one point he turns to me and he says, hey, this is going to take a while. Uh, why don't we go grab some food? And so we ended up at this diner and we were sitting there and he's quiet. We ordered our food. I, I started to ask him some questions about recording to try to start a conversation maybe glean some wisdom from him to help me redeem the difficult week I had endured. Uh, and he just simply looked at me and he asked, who do you want to be? I paused, but not long enough to actually think. And I eventually blurted out, a producer like you. He laughed. I didn't ask you what you want to be. I asked you, who do you want to be? He then told me that he remembered being young, eager, and egotistical like me. <laughs> he had been making records for 20 years at this point. In those years, he had worked on several hit records and had traveled the world over to work in some of the most prestigious creative cities. He also told me that he had been in and out of rehab three or four times. He had divorced twice. His teenage son had stopped talking to him a few years ago. His eyes were tired and weary as he told me these things. Then he came back to the question, who do you want to be? I realized that his question to me was a warning. I understood that moment that before I continued down this path, I needed to consider the costs. The big takeaway for me that day was this. At the end of the day, it's not really about what you do, but who you become while doing it. You know, we live in a world of achievements. Even when we get together socially, what's one of the first questions we ask someone when we meet, when we meet them for the first time? We say, oh, what, what do you do? It's how we assess the worthiness of others. Sure, maybe not intentionally, but it's definitely a measuring stick that we use to identify others and ourselves. I want to look at the beginning of Jesus' ministry. Let's take a look at the book of Mark, chapter 1, and I'm going to start at uh, verse 9, and I'm reading from the NIV today. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, 
You are my son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. At once the Spirit sent him into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness forty days, being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals, and angels attended him. So, the ministry of Jesus starts here, and I want you to pay attention to what's happening here because it is super significant. So Jesus comes out of the water, and the voice of God says, You are my son. I love you. I'm pleased with you. He doesn't say anything about what Jesus' job is. He doesn't charge him or commission him with some great task. No. The first thing that God does is affirm Jesus in his identity. God tells Jesus who he is. He pours out words of affirmation and love. This is the beginning of Jesus' ministry. Jesus starts with being known, seen, affirmed, and loved. So why is this significant? Because this is how God starts everything. God's word breathes. I don't know if you were listening a couple weeks ago when our friend Joshua Stump from Nashville was sharing with us about the word of God, but he said that breath is at the center of God's being. Yahweh, the Jewish word for God, literally is the sound of breathing. When God breathes life into the creation at the beginning of Genesis, it says that every day ended with him affirming it. It is good. He was pleased. When he created mankind, he created it in his image. He communed with us. He was in community with us. And I just want to sidebar for a second here and just say this. You know, we do a great disservice to the Christian faith when we ignore the first two chapters of the book of Genesis and we start our faith journey from the fall in chapter 3. So many of us grew up in churches where we were told that we were born bad and that the fall of humanity has forever changed the way God sees us. And I'm just going to say this once and correct this because this, it just needs to be said. You all need to read the whole story and you need to start from the beginning. The first two chapters of Genesis are filled with promise, beauty, and love for humanity. Sin may have changed us and how we see God and how we see each other, but sin has no power to change God and how he sees us. We need to reclaim this truth about who we are. Okay, so moving on. Our identity must be found in Jesus if the gospel is going to make any sense to us. Jesus starts his ministry not from a place of deficit, but from a place of being fully known and loved by God. We also need to see ourselves in this light. God has already breathed life into us, claimed us as his, and we are enough. Right now. We may not see it or feel it ourselves, but it is the truth. We are his, and he loves us, and is already pleased with us. Now, I know some of you are already thinking, yeah, yeah, but, but we can't just stay in a love fest with ourselves and Jesus. Sure, there's still a messed up and hurting world. There's still sin and brokenness. If you look at the story, what's the next thing that happens right after Jesus is affirmed by the Holy Spirit? He is led into the wilderness to face down his own humanity. <laughs> 
we don't have to wait long. That's just like in real life, right? You don't have to wait long because the hard stuff is always right around the corner. Jesus is instantly led into the wilderness. And what happens next? Let's look at Matthew chapter 4. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you're the Son of God, he said, Throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and angels came and attended him. You see, Jesus was brought into the wilderness and was tempted in three significant ways. And I believe that these three ways that he's tempted are actually directly related to the three basic core needs of humanity. Let's go through them. So Jesus is asked to turn stones into bread so he can feed himself. See, the temptations are so crazy because at face value, they seem reasonable. It's not like Satan is asking Jesus to murder, lie, steal, or any of these other basic sins. These are subtle, sensible, easily explainable and justifiable things. People need to eat, right? I mean, there's nothing wrong in feeding oneself if they have the means. But here, this temptation leads us to a counterfeit version of God's provision. This is the temptation to not wait on God. It's about turning down God's provision and instead leaning into self-reliance and making our own way apart from him. Then Jesus is asked to save himself from falling from a great height. Save yourself, Jesus! Jesus is indeed powerful enough to call on the angels to save him, and both he and Satan know this. But the deeper deeper deception here is self-preservation. Instead of trusting in God to protect us, we can control the outcome and save ourselves, foregoing any need to trust God. Then Jesus is asked to worship the Satan, and if he does, he will make him famous. This temptation leads to idolatry of self and leads to a counterfeit version of finding our identity in God. All human beings desire to be known and valued. But when we give ourselves our own renown, we isolate ourselves. If you've ever spent any time with anyone who has tasted fame, they will all tell you the same thing. It is very, very lonely at the top. Now, I know this is a lot of information here, and I wish I had more time to really explore some of these ideas. We could do a whole series just on the temptations, but but I want to wrap up and circle back to the story that I told at the beginning of this talk. 
you know, I learned a lot that week working for that producer. I worked hard and it wasn't the breakthrough gig that I thought it would be, but, but I learned a lot. The producer made a point to ask me not what I wanted to do, but who I wanted to be. Just like Jesus' ministry starts with him being affirmed in who he is, not what he's here to do. We look back at the beginning of the story where God speaks affirming words of identity and love over Jesus before he's led out into the wilderness. It's the same with us. We need to know and accept who we are, image bearers of God created with purpose and destiny to reflect the very light of God into this world. It's all about identity. Resisting the temptation starts with knowing who we are in Christ. So here's some things to consider as I close. Number one, God has already spoken life and identity into our very being. If you're breathing air and listening to this talk today, you are already known, affirmed, and loved by the creator of the universe. No matter where we are or what we've done, again and again, God reminds us of who we really are. Number two, life is hard. But it's even harder when we try to do it on our own and try to control the outcomes for ourselves. We need to trust God and keep moving towards Him. Even when it's hard and even when it's terrifying, again and again, God says that we're enough and that we need to trust Him and that His promises are true. And this is the last one. God is always with us. As we begin this Lenten journey together this week, Some of us are fasting or giving something up in order to focus on God. Some of us are changing routines and rhythms of life in order to make room for us to hear God speaking. There's a posture of lament and a crying out to God that we want to embrace during this time. God is there in the sorrow, in the darkness, in the pain. As you journey through Lent, remember that again and again, God is with you. Let's pray. God, we thank you that you are with us. Lord, even in those moments when we feel so distant and we feel so far, Lord, you are always there. You are always speaking life. You are always shining light into the darkness. God, um, as we continue in this Lenten journey uh, towards your heart, Lord, I pray that you would continue to meet us that you would continue to draw us into you. Lord, that your presence would be all that we need. We love you and we praise you for all that you are and all that you're doing. In your name, amen. A few reminders before you go. You can continue the conversation with us. It's Sunday Download, today at 4 p.m. on Zoom. This is a great way to connect with each other and talk about our weekly program and the journey that we're on together. If you're interested in joining us, let us know in the comments, message us, or send us an email at info at It doesn't matter where you are. We'd love to have you join us. If you're interested in learning more about Maison Mission and how you can get involved, we're having an interest meeting on Zoom tomorrow, February 22nd at 7 p.m. Sign up through the link in the description. 
We've partnered with our friends at Borderland Mission in Nashville and many others around the world to put together a daily Lenten devotional program. These short videos will be released on our Facebook and YouTube channel daily until Easter Sunday. Make sure to like and subscribe. Maison Mission is a non-denominational church. These programs and conversations are only possible through the financial support and donations from people just like you. If our program encouraged you today, consider supporting Maison Mission with a one-time gift or on a recurring basis. You can give through the link shown on your screen, and we'll also display our giving links on a slide at the conclusion of this program. Thanks so much. Join us next week as we continue in our series again and again. Have a great week.